48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Bill Robertson. The top story is a leading microbiologist urges the government to apply to the UK the same quarantine restrictions and travel alerts that announced for people arriving from Europe's Schengen area. The Undersecretary for Health defends the government's decision but says it will update quarantine measures and travel alerts as and when necessary. And Chan Kin Man, co-founder of the Occupy movement, is released from prison. Top microbiologist Hopak Leung has urged the government to apply to the UK the same quarantine restrictions and travel alerts it announced for people arriving from Europe's Schengen area from Tuesday. The head of the University of Hong Kong's Centre for Infection says there's a lot of human traffic between the UK and Hong Kong and people coming from there should also have to isolate themselves at home for 14 days. Dr Ho also urges those studying in the UK to arrange to return to Hong Kong and isolate themselves at home for two weeks. He says the outbreak situation in the UK is no different from that of the rest of Europe. They are so much connected so that when there is a massive increase in the number of confirmed cases in the European country, there are good reasons for belief the situation in the UK will be very similar. Now, although the density of confirmed cases in the UK it is still lower than Hong Kong, much lower than the other European countries, but this could merely mean that UK has not been actively uh, testing because they are bottlenecked in arranging the test kit. Dr Ho also said he's advised the government to consider banning non-Hong Kong residents from entering the city from Europe, but his suggestion wasn't taken up. He thinks it's mostly because Hong Kong hasn't seen a confirmed case involving a non-resident in over six weeks, but Dr Ho says people should still stay alert. In the past two weeks, there has been at least seven uh, cases involving non-residents who take transit in Hong Kong before travelling onward to other places. And these cases have been confirmed outside Hong Kong. So there are still a significant numbers of incoming travellers from other areas and, and countries. These non-residents, if they develop symptoms while in, in Hong Kong, unless they go for testing, we do not know how many of them would actually be infected by the virus. The Undersecretary for Health, Choi Tak Yi, has defended the government's decision. He says the government is keeping an eye on the situation worldwide and might update its quarantine measures and travel alerts. We, first of all, would like to include the European country first at this stage. So we have been watching very closely the trend of development in any parts of the world also, apart from the Schengen states in Europe. So we will not exclude any other additional measures towards other countries. Dr Choi also said authorities would arrange for people coming from these countries to wear electronic tags to make sure they stay put during home quarantine. And if authorities don't have enough devices, they will monitor their locations with mobile apps. The Undersecretary also explained why people coming from these countries are not required to stay at quarantine centres for 14 days. As the number of quarantine facilities may be limited and also the establishment may need time, so we have to prioritise the use of quarantine facilities to cater for those with high risk, for example, close contact of confirmed cases. And for the less relatively less, uh, risky cases, we think home quarantine is also an acceptable measure. One of the co-founders of the Occupy movement in 2014, Chan Kin Man, has been released from prison after serving around 11 months. Francis Sitt has more. 
Chiang Kim-man was greeted by about 100 supporters as he walked out of Biko prison, including other Occupy leaders Reverend Chu Yu-ming, Benny Tai and lawmaker Tanya Chen, as well as people carrying yellow umbrellas, the symbol of the 2014 protests. It was an occasion for celebration as the crowd chanted pro-democracy slogans, handed Professor Chen a birthday kick and sang songs to mark his 61st birthday, which he spent behind bars earlier this month. Speaking to the media after giving his wife a long hug, Professor Chen said he was elated about regaining his freedom and seeing his family and friends again. He said life in prison was tough, but he had no regrets, saying it was a price he had to pay in the fight for democracy. Professor Chen also said he was very sad and can't let go of the fact that many young people have sacrificed their lives during the months of anti-extradition protest. He criticized the government for refusing to set up an independent inquiry into the saga. Professor Chen said he would share his experience in prison with those protesters who have been arrested. Professor Chen was sentenced to 16 months in jail in April last year for conspiracy to cause a public nuisance during the 2014 Umbrella Movement. You're listening to RTHK. The time is five minutes past one. The chief executive of the hospital authority, Dr Tony Coe, says he feels the mood of his staff has improved after thousands of them went on strike last month to press the authorities to do more in the wake of the coronavirus outbreak. Speaking to RTHK, Dr Coe said he's been to different hospitals and attended forums held by workers after the five-day strike, and he thinks the mood among his staff is good. He said that as much as he understands staff will criticise, many would still continue to do their jobs. He also felt that the sentiment of his staff had stabilised because public doctors and nurses now know more about the virus's transmission and the treatment of it and can exercise clearer judgement. President Trump has declared a national emergency in response to the coronavirus outbreak with more than 1,700 confirmed cases in the United States and 47 deaths. Mr Trump said the declaration would give the government access to up to $50 billion in emergency funding. President Trump also said an extra half million tests would be available next week and five million within a month. Ten days ago I brought together the CEOs of commercial labs at the White House and directed them to immediately begin working on a solution to dramatically increase the availability of tests. As a result of that action, today we're announcing a new partnership with private sector to vastly increase and accelerate our capacity to test for the coronavirus. The Speaker of the U.S. House of Representatives, Nancy Pelosi, says an agreement has been reached with the Trump administration to ensure that everyone who needs a test for the virus, including those without medical insurance, gets it for free. Ms. Pelosi said Congress would pass the relief package soon. Several European Union countries have announced that they are closing their borders to most or all foreigners because of the coronavirus. In Spain, where the number of coronavirus cases is more than 4,000, Prime Minister Pedro Sanchez has declared a two-week state of emergency. BBC's David Bamford has this report. Despite the economic and social hit that it will bring, Denmark, Poland, Cyprus, Ukraine, Slovakia and the Czech Republic are among the latest countries to announce border closures they will remain open for the flow of goods. In Switzerland, skiers have been given till Monday to leave. Italy has reported a surge in the number of deaths due to the coronavirus, 250 in a single day. The WHO chief says Europe is now the centre of the pandemic. He said there was a need for aggressive measures. He was speaking a day after President Trump closed the US borders to the European Union. He said Britain may be added to that list.
To sport now, or rather the lack of it, with dozens of high-profile leagues and events suspending their activities. Yesterday alone saw the postponement of Golf Masters, the London and Boston Marathons, the start of the Formula One season and soccer's Champions League fixtures. All elite football in England has been suspended and the summer's European Championships are hanging in the balance. Soccer journalist Henry Winter says the implications are massive. There will be clubs that are going to have serious, serious problems. And this idea that, you know, (laughs) on April the the, the 3rd, the sirens stop and everyone sort of goes back in and plays football again is is just naive. I I wouldn't be surprised if English football is playing in June. I think the UEFA will announce on Tuesday that uh, the Euros will be postponed a year. And then it's just a question about the sporting integrity of football that the league programme is finished and also the European programme is finished as well. The organisers of golf's Masters tournament insist that next month's event is only being postponed and will not be cancelled. But as the BBC's Ian Carter explains, finding a new date for it in a crowded schedule could prove to be as tricky as the course itself at Augusta. Well, the talk is potentially of uh, maybe in, in September. There's a week between the Tour Championship and the Ryder Cup. Imagine that as a, a run of, uh, of three events in, in a row, uh, or potentially October as well. A really congested calendar, particularly this year with the Olympics, should they go ahead, and the Ryder Cup. So it's going to be very, very difficult to, to reschedule these events. And obviously, if this goes on much longer, then we have to call into question the PGA Championship in May, US Open in June, and the Open Championship in July. And to end the news, the top stories once again. A leading microbiologist urges the government to apply to the UK the same quarantine restrictions and travel alerts it announced for people arriving from Europe's Schengen area. And the Under Secretary for Health defends the government's decision but says it will update quarantine measures and travel alerts as and when necessary. The news from RTHK. Radio 3. And welcome to this week's edition of World Vibes with myself, Pierre Tremblay, with you till 3 p.m. This week we have a cornucopia of new music with our two new featured EPs from the Indian Ocean and Angola, respectively, and a selection of hot new hits from the four corners of the planet. As always, Giovanotti says it so well in Italian, we're still the belly button of the world. He is from Rome. And we start off our show with some of the hot new tracks from a lot of places on the planet, specifically from Kenya. And this is the MDQ herself, Mutoni drummer queen, born as Mutoni Ndonga. She's a rapper, percussionist, a producer, and an entrepreneur of no mean feats. She was born and grew up in Nairobi. She's got a bachelor's degree in business administration. She's the foundress of festivals in East Africa. Uh, no least, uh, the Festival of New Africa and the Blankets of Wine Festival in, uh, of course, Nairobi and Kenya. And she's been recording since 2013. This hit on the charts re-released is called Suzy Noma. And it's off the soundtrack to a movie, which is also getting international fame. The film Rafiki, filmed by director Wanuri Kahyu. And apparently... It's one of her favorite themes. It's a celebration of female friendship and empowerment of women all over Africa. 
about women building something together with one another, creating financial freedom for themselves and future generations, no less. It came out on her album She. So here's Mutoni drummer Queen and Suzy Noma. Yeah, Leon. 